Welcome to Walking with Freya, a journey through special needs parenting. This podcast is a place for parents and caregivers of children with special needs to share stories, the very real struggles and challenges we face, along with the inevitable love and joy these children have brought into our lives. This is a place for unapologetic honesty, well-intentioned laughter, and endless support. A safe place for us to learn, share, discuss, and help each other navigate this often unexpected journey. Be kind, be supportive, and when you can, keep the humor. My name is Annie, and welcome to Walking with Freya. Happy New Year, everybody! I hope that you all had a wonderful and peaceful break from school or work. Hopefully the kids at home or the relatives you visited didn't make you too crazy. We had a fairly peaceful break ourselves. There was lots of sweet time with each other, with friends, and there were also uh, annoyances of the sibling dynamic and trying to, me trying to write in a small house with a lot of dogs. But overall, it was a nice break and I'm happy that we all got to be together, and uh, I'm also just as happy that school has begun again, so thank you. (laughs) I did get the Humboldt crud that's going around, so I apologize if my voice sounds a little less pleasant than usual, but um, yeah, we'll just move forward. I am very excited to start the year off with this episode today. It feels like a special one to begin the year with. So a few months ago, someone reached out to me through Instagram on behalf of Rylan and his mom, Gwen, and she told me a bit about their story and offered to get us in touch. And I said, of course, I would love to hear more. And eventually I got to have this interview. Gwen and her 12-year-old son, Rylan, have put out a book called If I Squeeze Your Head, I'm Sorry. Rylan has autism and Tourette's which is what he calls them his special abilities. And this book is a glimpse of what it's like to be in his brain. This book has a companion, which is a downloadable curriculum guide so that the lessons and the ideas in this book can be adapted for classrooms. Now, when I spoke to Gwen and Rylan, I had not yet received a copy of the book. I had seen the curriculum, but I hadn't yet gotten the book. So I wrote an intro for this podcast yesterday afternoon, and when I sat down to record it, life got in the way, and I was unable to, and then I was gone all afternoon. We got home yesterday evening, right at bedtime, and the book was in the mail. And so I looked a little bit last night, and then I got up early before everybody else in the house, well, except for my husband, who is crabbing. He was up long before me. Uh, but I got up and, and I had some quiet time to to read through the book a little bit. And maybe I would have asked a few different questions if I had read it before the interview. But I don't know. But I, I do know that I the book looks amazing. And what I've read so far, I am totally loving. I'm loving the book and the insight. It is aesthetically fun to look at as well. And Freya was reading it a little bit last night before bed. So I'm excited to dive into it more, and I'm really excited to share it with Freya's teachers at school and to share it with any of you who haven't heard of it yet. So, um, you know, I'm really I'm glad that I get to have this interview to share with you all. And there are many things that I love about this interview. 
Rylan is the youngest guest I've had on the podcast so far, and it was great to hear from him in his own words. Now, he was a little nervous, but he did great, and he hung in there for most of the interview. So thank you, Rylan, if you hear this. I really appreciate you being brave and open and uh, coming on the podcast. And I really enjoyed speaking with his mom, Gwen. And I don't need to give uh, the whole interview away because you can listen to it, but there is something that she says in the interview that has really stuck with me and sparked some sweet conversations in my own circles. The idea of true inclusion, the sense of belonging and we want you versus the inclusion of we accommodate you because we have to. Now that distinction that she made really spoke to me and I know it will be fodder for many thoughts and conversations to come. And there was a point that I asked her, what does that look like? And you can hear the conversation, but I want to say I'm going off script now, which is always dangerous, <laughs> especially for the editing. Ah. But yesterday, I took Freya to her first martial arts class, Wei Yu Gong, I think is what it's called. And I did not have, a, like, when I first was told about it from a friend, I thought, okay, well, I should call the teacher and ask if he thinks it'll be appropriate for Freya, if, if she can fit in. But after having this conversation with Gwen and this idea of belonging and how do we make inclusion something that just that is and uh, how do we carve out space in the world for our kids and things like that, I decided not to, that I was just going to take her. And I was still going to have like a brief, um, give a brief heads up for the safety of Freya uh, before class, but I did not get to. Like there was... um, there just wasn't a moment he was engaged elsewhere and then the class started. So I will say that, uh, and if you follow me on Instagram, you saw it, you know, I posted during it. I was, you know, white knuckling the whole, the whole class just, oh, you know, cause I could see when Freya was starting to get exhausted. I could see when, when she was getting distracted. Uh, I could see when she was having a, a trouble coordinating her movements. But I will say that the the teacher was amazing. He was so patient and so kind. And and after the class, he came up to me. He said she did great. And and uh, you know, because this was like a trial run kind of class. And he was like, yeah, she did great. I and I started to say, you know, uh, well, you could probably notice that uh, she has some hypotonia and she has this. And he just was kind of like shrugged me off, not in a rude way, but in just in this, you know, kind of like, yeah, she was fine. She did great. You know, I, I don't know. I, it's hard to explain. Like I said, I went off script. Anyway, I will keep you all updated um, on the martial arts class, but so far, so good. There was only, only the one class so far, and she did great. But that kind of goes along to the conversation that I had with Gwen. Uh, there is also a point in our conversation where we talk about how kids seem to have an easier time approaching Rylan and talking about special abilities, whether his or theirs. Or And I tried to quote a meme that I've seen on social media, and I did not quite get it right in the moment. So I wanted, I wanted to read it here. And I think it applies not only to this topic at hand, but it's very poignant for many of the conversations happening today. So I wanted to share it with clarity. And the meme says, 
Being taught to avoid talking about politics and religion has led to a lack of understanding of politics and religion. What we should have been taught was how to have a civil conversation about a difficult topic. So I have very strong opinions about what is happening in our country today, but I I try and keep politics out of this space. I feel like I do a pretty good job. It doesn't usually come up. I don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. I want you all to feel at home and safe in this space. So please know that I will always be willing to have civil discussions when needed, discussions that honor our connections and our humanity. Now on that note, uh, take a little sidestep from the uh, podcast world. And I just want to let you all know that I have, um, in the fall, I published a second collection of poetry. And I just put it out in the world a few months ago. And this one is called One Mother's Revolution. You can get it through me or lulu.com, which is where I publish the book. And that's lulu.com. And as I say in the description, it is one woman's attempt to make sense of the world through poetry. If you'd like a copy, they are $10. Plus, um, you know, if you're not a local, I think it's like $4 shipping and handling. And you can get them through me, email me, or eventually I'll get my crap together and get it up on my website. Um, that's always, those things always take a little bit longer. And someday I'll, I hope to have a handler that uh, deals with all the techie stuff that makes me nuts. (laughs) But if you'd like a copy and you want to get it from me, I will happily sign it. And just to be clear, without, uh, like I said, without getting political, I will say that my poetry is sometimes strongly worded and passionate. And if you have not been upset or disturbed by what is going on in the government and our society in the last few years, then this book is probably not for you. And I don't say that to be offensive or to cause divisions, but just so you know what you're getting into if you are thinking about ordering this book. So I love you all for being here in this space, in this community, living these lives, and nothing could change that. Set politics aside because we are living some very special lives and we all need each other. And I'm here for each and every one of you. So if you um, other, another thing real quick. If you're a Humboldt local, um, I have two events coming up. January 20th, I will be hosting the second Starry Story Night at Septentrio Tasting Room in Arcata. This is a storyteller's open mic night for anyone with a story to share. This You don't have to be professional. There's no, uh, we're just getting started and we had one already and it was very sweet and a lot of fun. And uh, this one falls on Martin Luther King Day. So the theme uh, is stories of unity. And you can get creative with your interpretation of that. Like it doesn't have to be about um, Dr. Martin Luther King or, you know, anything like that. Like it it can be a very, it's a very loose interpretation. This is a creative event. So, um, yeah, so that's January 20th at 6.30 p.m. at 656th Street in Arcata. And on February 6th, I will be one of the featured poets at Siren Song Tavern in Eureka for the Poetry Night of Humboldt Poetry Collective, A Reason to Listen. That starts at 7.30, and it's always a very powerful and inspiring evening with all of the poets that come through. And I will be 
performing some poems from One Mother's Revolution, and I will have copies there for sale. Okay, thank you. Uh, if you're not local, thank you for sitting through that. Um, I just need to have a variety of avenues to get the word out. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please tell a friend or two to help spread the word. If you would like to share your story or know of someone that would be a great interview or a research topic, um, I did one on Dr. Montessori. Please send me an email at walkingwithfreya at gmail.com and let me know. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. It's free. Uh, there are a variety of apps that you can find it. Um, I mean, I imagine you know that. If you're listening to this, you've probably already found it. And, um, yeah. Oh, and whatever app you're listening to it on, please leave a review and a rating. It really feels good to know that I am reaching people the time that I put into this podcast has a positive effect on you all in this community. So please don't be shy with those reviews. <laughs> it also helps other people find the podcast. Most importantly, it helps get the podcast seen by more people and get more people involved and into this community. So as my voice is going, I apologize. Without further ado, I'd love for you all to gather close and to share this beautiful conversation that I had with Gwen and Rylan. Thanks for being here. Well, so thank you so much, Rylan and Gwen, for being here. And I'm really excited to talk about your book. Well, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to the um, to the listening audience? And absolutely. So I'm Gwen Vogelsang, and uh, I am Rylan's mom. And we uh, live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Rylan is 12. And we are a uh, quirky little family. We live in the middle of the woods in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Rylan has a little sister who's eight. And uh, my husband and I have been married for about 17 years. Nice. Rylan, do you want to introduce yourself, buddy? Who are you? I'm Rylan. What should people know about you? How about three things people should know about you? I love Pokemon. I love Pixels. And I love technology. Oh, all three things. Yeah, nice. I got Pokemon and technology. What was the second one? <laughs> what are Mixels? Can you explain to Annie? So, Mixels, <laughs> well, I actually have Mixels with me right now. So technically, these are, they're these creatures that <laughs> if you get all three of one like set, like the Wiztastics and the different sets, like teams, like the teams that I have are the Glort Court and the Spikles. And if you get three of a team, they go into like one big match. And, and what kind of toy is it? It's a Lego. Legos. Oh, okay. All right. So cool. when, whenever we talk to people on the phone, he has listening activities. So he is sitting here next to me building one of his Mixel sets while we talk. And that helps him be able to focus on what we're doing. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. Yeah, my kids go to a Waldorf school. And so um, okay. Waldorf inspired. So there, there's a lot of like beeswax and they're very good at like um, recognizing, you know, some of the seats have like these little uh, like rubber bands around the bottom. So kids can kind of like bounce their feet a little bit. And um, so, yeah. you know, I appreciate that when people are aware that yeah. kids need different 
activities sometimes. Yeah, so many kids do. Lots of opportunities for input and sensory outlets are a good thing for so many kids and adults, really. I have a right. question for you. Oh, Where okay. are you recording this? I Where am. I am in my closet and <laughs> I have a little office off of my bedroom and there's a little closet off of it. And last Christmas, my husband bought me these like little um, foam things that are good for soundproofing, but they only went over like one little section of the, of the wall. And uh, so I had my two little ones. I had a bunch of egg crates. And so they sew or they strung all these egg crates together. So I'm sitting in a little closet that's mostly covered oh, that's so by egg crates and blankets. <laughs> so can you picture that? I can picture that. Kind of. So many people uh, record podcasts in their closets. Isn't that uh -huh. funny? That's funny. And when you said last Christmas, I thought I was song. Last Christmas again. Oh. <laughs> you know that song? I do. I do. He I loves, love that song. He loves music and he's known to break out into song randomly. So, Oh, that is perfect. I love it. So why don't we, um, <laughs> do you want to go ahead and talk about the book? The book is called If I Scream yeah. Your Head, I'm Sorry. And so, um, yeah, there's a lot to say about this. There so. is. There is. Um, so Ryland's idea for a book title was something along the lines of Pokemon, and we had to change that to If I Squeeze Your Head, I'm Sorry. So this book came, um, and I should start by explaining that Ryland has autism and Tourette's, or his special abilities, or what we call them. Uh -huh. So if you hear sounds in the background, that is um, Ryland's way of being excited and nervous as he makes vocal noises. Mm -hmm. and they usually get more pronounced when he's excited and nervous, which I think he's both of right now. Right, Bunny? Mm -hmm. Nervous. Not nervous? Or you kind are nervous? Kind of nervous. Okay. Just nervous. Oh, um, yeah. That's okay. I get nervous when I record, too, and I have kind of like a jaw. I move my jaw in a funny way, especially when I'm flying. I'm really nervous, and my husband can always tell. <laughs> so. See, everybody does different things when they're yes. nervous. Yes. So that's what Ryland does. But this book was born uh, out of a semester of homeschooling that Rylan and I did where we studied entrepreneurship. And so part of that is we went and interviewed a local cafe owner. We were living in Denver at the time and talked about her journey of starting her own business. And she offered Rylan the opportunity to host an art show in her cafe because he had said at the time that he wanted to be an artist. So a few months later, we ended up hosting kind of this ad hoc art show in her cafe that was centered around what it feels like to live in his brain mm. with autism and Tourette's. Um, and so during homeschooling, he would draw pictures and I kind of had a catalog of stories and different phrases or different taglines, we call them, Rylanisms, we would call him, that I would keep throughout the years. And I would pull those up and say, well, this would be a good one that would help inform people, you know, about this form of what it feels like to be you. And then he would pair that with a drawing. Um, and in the end, the art show ended up being really inspiring to a large group of people. We had people come out from different um, organizations for Tourette's and Autism who just kind of stood there in tears at his ability to describe in words what it feels like um, to be him and they found that to be so relatable um, we had a lot of moms who would just kind of hug me and say 
I, I finally feel like I might have a glimpse into what my child has felt all these years. You know, so often um, individuals with autism might be nonverbal and they just don't have a verbal way of communicating what it feels like to live inside their brain or walk in their shoes. And Brylin has a gift for sure of just the most creative and imaginative ways of describing his experience in ways that really I don't think anybody else could. Um, so we just decided we needed to take his ability and share that with a, a wider audience. And long, long story short, it turned into this book. So it is uh, his drawings and his descriptions of what it feels like to be him uh, paired with some really beautiful illustrations from a good friend of ours who is a graphic designer and she just made the book, you know, from great to amazing. Um, and she also has a daughter with autism. So um, it was a really beautiful collaboration and it turned into just kind of a surprise that we never really expected we would do, but we just kind of followed, followed our heart through the journey and it turned into this book. Hmm. Beautiful. I, I love it. Rylan, how did that feel to have people come to your art show and to see to see your art and to feel so moved by it and so connected to it? How did that feel? Do you remember that long ago, buddy, to the art show? I know that. It's kind of crazy. Kind of crazy? It was tiring. Yeah. Did you enjoy having people watch your art show? Yes. Who were some of the people that came? Do you remember? Mm -hmm. His teachers and his friends. And then they left it up on display for a month or two after so that all of the cafe patrons could enjoy it. Um, so we would just get the sweetest notes left with the cafe owner for us and um, people asking to reach out to us. And, um, you know, I think it just becomes this universal experience that we all really desire to understand each other better. And when we're given a really tangible outlet to do so, people tend to just grasp onto that and just be really intrigued and engaged in that opportunity. Yeah. Wow. Well, what a great experience for everyone involved. That's great. Um, yeah. So, so you have the book, and then what I saw, um, what I was able to see was the curriculum guide. So, um, when did that come about? That well, it's interesting because I, throughout this process, I turned the art show just into a very, you know, informal, printable book that I would just give his teachers, and his teachers would say, "Oh my word, this." gave us the opportunity to kind of fast track like six months into understanding him better. This was so helpful. And so they would kind of use it in the classroom to have conversations. And as we decided to publish this, I think the most beneficial part of the book is the ability to have conversations surrounding the topics on each page. So mm -hmm. I took, I took each page of the book and I picked out a deeper topic, you know, based on something that he said and chose an area to dig into that teachers could then 
for a more inclusive and more understanding community celebrating the gifts of all of their students. Um, I think in public ed especially, which is the majority of our background with Ryland's career, we just weren't able to be in a private school setting in Denver. So um, as much as he wanted that, uh, we couldn't find that option. Um, and the public school focuses so heavily on the DIS part of your abilities um, mm-hmm. in the IEP process. And, you know, those those meetings are, are just so <laughs> defeating if you let them be. Um, and so the curriculum guide is a way to kind of reframe disability into what are their special abilities and how can you honor those and get to know those abilities in your students at the beginning of the year and how can you form community around everyone's abilities because I think if you can do that it takes out that lack of understanding and the opportunities for bullying to come in if kids understand Ryan they adore him and they treat him with so much respect Um, and he's in a school now finally in Michigan that really honors abilities first and it is evident the second you walk in the door what a difference that makes in the culture of the school so the curriculum guide is probably what i'm the most excited about is getting that in the hands of teachers to use in general education classes is the is the hope right right yeah well i i I love it i love that you know you're giving people an opportunity to learn how to have these conversations and and to talk openly about it and there was something that i had read um you know it's about um how you know offering people ways that they can respectfully ask Rylan about uh, his Tourette's and you know and like mm-hmm. you're giving this list of like well tell him something about yourself first or you know tell him a unique ability that you have and I really appreciated that and it, it made me think of like um, I remember seeing on uh, social media this this uh, you know the saying of like if we don't if we don't learn how to speak politics or religion at the table we'll never be able to 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 learn how to respectfully talk about it or something along those lines of, you know, mm-hmm. kind of these, these yeah. topics that are forbidden and, you know, but it's like nothing right. forbidden. We should be able to talk about all of it. And we need to, sometimes we need a little help to, to know how to be respectful about it. And so I think, yeah. I think it's fantastic to, to really have those conversations and to, um, you know, help people under, learn more about how to have these conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's usually adults, right? Who, are more nervous and apprehensive to have those conversations kids really don't seem to have a problem you know we've had sweetest interactions with kids who at the playground will be like hey I'm so-and-so do you have special needs and he'll be like yeah I have Tourette's what's your special need and they'll be like oh I have a hard time hearing in my left ear and it's not even a thing with most kids Right, because they but have we're, we're raised to think that it is. So trying yeah. to stop stop that before it even becomes, you know, a way of thought for kids as they grow up. Right, absolutely. Well, and so that's what this was a um, a question that I had kind of further down the line, but uh, you know about inclusion and and what does you know what does inclusion look like to you and to mm-hmm. Rylan? What is what does that mean? you know and that's it's like such a hot topic issue right now and 
luckily I think schools and communities are moving towards more inclusionary practices. But even when Ryland started, you know, I was convinced, well, he should be in a separate classroom where there's not as much stimulation and he can focus more and there's less kids that he doesn't have to worry about all the social dynamics. And the more I educated myself on what true inclusion is, um, the more that thought process changed because true inclusion, and I think there's a difference when you talk about inclusion versus belonging because true inclusion is where you are asking for those kids to be present because you need them and you value them. Um, whereas just inclusion might be, we accommodate you, but we don't really need you. We just know that we have to accommodate you. So I kind of had this evolution of learning through this journey with education. Um, so now he's in a place where he belongs first, and then they figure out what that looks like. Um, and that has been amazing to me how little I have had to be involved in his academic career this past year and a half, as opposed to I quit my career because I had to be involved almost on a daily basis just to, to help his team figure out how to include him appropriately and successfully. It was exhausting. And I think so many special needs parents are in the same boat with that. Right. So that might be inclusion, but it doesn't necessarily mean belonging. Um, but I don't think I could have understood that if I hadn't come to a place where he is like, he is wanted, he is celebrated, he is, you know, respected for all the things that he's great at and for who he was created to be. And then the rest of it, it just kind of falls into place naturally. So... You know, I think I would have answered that question differently a year ago than I even do now. So it's, I think it's an evolution based on what your experience is. But unfortunately for many kids, just being included is a hurdle that they have to stumble across, you know, first. Right. But I don't, I don't follow the train of thought that kids do better when they're secluded. There's no evidence. There's no data supporting that. Um, and I've done a lot of work and a lot of conference attending surrounding inclusionary practices, and it's so feasible. You just have to shift your mindset in order to value all kids first. And then you have no choice but to make it work because you really want to. Does that make any sense? It does. It it makes a lot of sense. And I, I think it's such a beautiful clarification that belonging versus inclusion. And I'm I'm new to the inclusion conversation for sure. So I, mm -hmm. I'm I'm learning a lot and I really appreciate that that distinction and that clarification. And so I guess um where how do we start with uh you know how do we step into this society that we're already living in where you know like we said adults have a hard time having these conversations and but we want it to be a society of not just inclusion but belonging and uh mm -hmm. you know how how do we how do we start that this is it's kind of a big yeah, <laughs> it is it's such a big question and <clears throat> excuse me 
I think um, it's so easy to just shut ourselves into our own small world, right? When we're navigating having kiddos who have these special abilities that might look differently in the in the culture that surrounds us. Um, but we, we just can't do that. As much as we want to just make life easier, we have to be out there and we have to be showing the people surrounding us in our everyday lives that there are so many of us who have different abilities and that we all have a place at the table. <clears throat> and if we don't get out there with our kids or with our adults who have special abilities, then they're not seen. And people kind of forget that they're out there. You know, it's not just people who behave in a way that you expect them to behave and that there's nothing wrong with them behaving in a way or looking a way that might be different um, than the way that they expect people to be when they go out into public. Um, so bringing our kids and our adults with special abilities into the world and expecting them to fit in, I think is the first step. And that's not easy. And that's just one part of our role and of parents that is so tricky. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's important that we do that. And I think it's important that we expect places to figure it out, um, knowing that we're going to have to do a lot of hand-holding in mm -hmm. that process. Um, and yeah. we have been so pleasantly surprised lately by programs that we have put him in that they just say, of course, yeah, he's doing great. Um, but that speaks to the culture, right? If the culture is supportive, then you're going to be okay. Um, so there are going to be cultures that are not supportive and that are toxic for us. Um, but if we can make a small impact, you know, even in one, one small way, uh, I think that's just part of our responsibility to them and to, to people who will come mm -hmm. after them. Yeah. Mama, Mama. But it's exhausting, isn't it? Am I yeah. Am I done? Am I done? Do you have anything you want to say right now, buddy? You're doing a great job building. No, he has nothing to contribute. This is kind of old news to him. This whole book stuff. Is it okay? It's been like two. It's been like two years. So he keeps saying, "Why are we still talking about talking about this?" Rylan, I have a question. Is there? Um, do you have a favorite part in the book? <laughs> something that's a pick, favorite picture or a favorite topic in the book? Yeah, but. What do you like teaching people about the most from the book? What do you think is the most important? You have to talk out loud, buddy. If you want more missiles, we have to sell more books, remember? Fine, two joys. Oh, the two joys, that's a great one. Can you explain that page to, to Annie? I can't explain it without having to write in front of me. Oh, I can open it up. So the page he's talking about is called Two Joys. Uh -huh. And this page came from, it stems from the movie Inside Out. And after we saw that movie, we were in the car, which is really where all of his um, most inspiring thoughts come out is when we're driving. Oh, nice. And... <clears throat> he said, well, I think that 
um, from the movie Inside Out, it's a good thing that my command center has two joys in it. And I said, oh, what do you mean? And he said, well, when I have a tick, that's like a monster in my command center. When he comes up to the control panel, my second joy comes and gets rid of him so that I don't get frustrated mm -hmm. when I have ticks. And I could just visualize that after seeing the movie in my head. And so he's looking at the page right now and it's a drawing of his command center and it has kind of a weird creature with two sunshine heads. And who are the other creatures in here, Ryland? Teardrop and Sadman. Mm-hmm. The broccoli. Like the broccoli? Oh, broccoli is disgust. Uh huh. The, the firehead is anger. And the purple guy is um, fear. It's fear. Okay. Do you want to read any of this? <clears throat> what does the first paragraph say? Can you read that first paragraph? Sure. Probably Joy should have had been on my certificate because everybody tells my. That my joy overflows every day of my life. That's not literally true because my joy is not liquid, but I have two joys that live in my headquarters. <laughs> so it, he said, probably joy should have been on my birth certificate because everyone <laughs> tells me that my joy overflows every day in my life. That's not literally true because my joy is not a liquid, but I do have two joys that live in my headquarters. Uh, so that little paragraph speaks to everyone does say joy should be in his birth certificate because he's just he's just joy 90 percent of the time mm. his you know his abilities are abilities to him and it took us a long time to recognize that as his parents yeah. unfortunately but he's known it all along um so the act of just listening to him through writing this book is really more priceless than any therapy we've ever put actual money into because it just made me accept him for exactly who he is as who he's supposed to be rather than all the things that we're trying to help him with right uh -huh. he's, he's never really asked for the help so we've just kind of finally come to a place where we're stopped we've stopped trying to help him um because he just he doesn't want it and he's doing just fine without it so it's an evolution of yeah you know the expectations that we have going into parenting and then these kiddos that we are blessed and challenged to raise and trying to navigate, you know, the cycles of grief that come with that and just also honoring who they are and being um, satisfied in that and not, not wanting more from them than they're able to give us. Mm -hmm. You like him? It's, it's called one. So he's got like a hand. He's showing me a Lego creation that he just made. So he's got a hand on it. That's very cool, buddy. And he's got like spikes. So whenever Ryland is at school and he has to listen to a teacher talking or instruction, this is what he does. He has listening boxes with quiet activities that just keep him able to be a part of that environment. And that's just part of his belonging at his school that has worked really well in a lot of different instances. Can I ask yeah. you a question? Uh, um, yeah. Do you have any other questions for me? Um, <laughs> well, I've been writing a lot of questions down. Um, I was wondering, uh, 
Well, I'm just, I'm really excited to see this book and I am really happy that it's out there. And what do you hope that people learn from this book? What do you, um, what do you want them to? People? Mm. How to relate? Say that again, buddy. How to delay Say it again. Not to bully people. Not to bully. Okay. Not to bully people. Yes. That is a fantastic message. I totally agree. And I, and I love that you are so open and willing to, to talk about it because like your mom and I were saying, I think that that is um, a great way to get people to understand you and to, and to find compassion and understanding or through talking. Mm Mm-hmm. And through mm-hmm. things like art and reading and and all of that, so it's done some good work. Is there anything else you want? If there's like three things, buddy, don't bully people. Is one message that you want people to learn from your book? What are two other things that you'd like them to learn? Don't judge people about the way they act. Mm, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Because how do you act sometimes that might be unexpected? Um, um, uh, what are some ways that you act that might be unexpected <laughs> to other people? Um, crazy. Uh, I mean, um, I squeak a lot. You squeak a lot? Mm-hmm. What's something else that you might do, part of your autism or your Tourette's, that people might not understand? Um, like, what happens if you have to go into a loud assembly? That is too loud. Right? Mm-hmm. So how does your body react to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if there's like, he has a page in the book called The Dog of Loudness, and it talks about what it feels like to be in a cafeteria. So mm-hmm. he has typically been really averse to cafeterias. So I usually write in his IEP that he can eat out in the hall at a table with a couple friends yeah. and have some games out there. Um, so by, that, the, by the way, I they still say I have to. Well, I always see in the Yeah. Well, you've been doing much better with it lately. But loud places, you know, mm-hmm. he typically won't even enter. You know, his body just kind of goes on high alert and he will cover his ears and just kind of stand outside the room and kind of do this little cry. Um, so it's just understanding that that's not defiance, right? That's not a behavior. That's a reaction. It's a, it's a defense mechanism. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's the important thing that, that people miss a lot is the behavior that is, um, I actually just saw this on a Facebook post, uh, relating to my daughter's disorder. Um, and somebody was talking about the child just did something and then got the smile on their face. And, but you know, they, it was kind of misread that the smile was like this deviance, but it's actually the smile is just a sign of total confusion and, and overwhelm and so just to you know that that slight difference you know it's not you know I think can really affect how you how you react to 
that as well. And so that's another reason why it's important for people to, to really understand. Yeah, um, and really to look at all behaviors as that, like even if you have a, don't have a diagnosed special ability, all behavior is, is a reaction to something, you know, it's, we don't want to be misbehaving, like there's something going on. And so right. just having the openness to dig further into, you know, what's, what's behind the behavior makes a huge difference for, for kiddos who right. are on the spectrum and who have ADHD and, you know, the whole right. gamut. Yeah, well, like you said, I mean, for for anybody, I mean, any parent knows that you know behind every bad behavior, there's <laughs> something that that we've probably mm-hmm. done wrong. But no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, isn't that the truth? Oh man. <laughs> so, do you want to explain the um, the title? If I squeeze your hand, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Rylan has always. Um, squeezed things when he is excited or nervous since he's little and we didn't really understand the significance of that we just kind of thought this it was this like funny thing that he did but when he is excited or anxious or nervous um, he expresses himself by just squeezing something and if he really loves you that's going to be your head unfortunately um, so we have picture after picture of him just squeezing people's heads. Uh, most of the time it's people he's really comfortable with or he really likes. Fortunately, he doesn't squeeze strangers' heads, but that is just a, a trademark of Rylan is squeezing your head to show you how much he loves you. So we figured that would be a catchy way for people to remember his book is having a title like that. So that's where it came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have lost Ryland. He is he is gone. So I, I yeah. apologize if you had any more questions for for him. That's okay. It's a long time to it's a long time to sit. I get it. Um yeah. yeah, well I just I really appreciate you both, you know, coming on and talking about your book. And I'm excited to to share it with the people that listen to this podcast and hopefully beyond. And I think that it's seems like a fantastic resource um i'm hoping to um, yeah i hope so yeah and I, i'm gonna um i have the curriculum i'll get the book and i have the uh, curriculum guide mm-hmm. and i'll hand that to freya's teacher and you know see Great. what see what they can do about because i know that it is um i know i would like to see more of these conversations but I don't always know how to how to start them or Mm -hmm. how to lead them Mm -hmm. so I always appreciate things like this Um, yeah and hopefully the curriculum guide offers some sensory activities that they can do with the kids that it isn't meant to just be like a talking head kind of conversation guide it's it really is meant to have more opportunities for hands-on activities and using your different sensory skills to communicate so yeah yeah I I did see that so we will we will send you an autographed copy of the book yay awesome yay (laughs) yeah well was there anything else that you wanted to say I did have a I was I was really inspired by um this conversation and so I have notes all over my paper now and I'm trying to like organize it (laughs) um good I'm glad 
Yeah, I uh, there's I just, so much to learn, right? It's a never-ending journey. Uh huh. That is true. That is the the one for sure thing about all of this. <laughs> yep. Um, it never there, ends. It can we can let it kind of overtake our lives um, if we let it, but. I've definitely been in places where I've let that just become my identity, which isn't isn't healthy for me, but um, sometimes it just feels like it's the only way. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to to find that balance. I think I do sometimes wonder if, you know, if my other two sometimes feel like, well, you know, she gets so much of the of the of mama's thoughts and and mind and planning you know and Mm -hmm. I just wonder if sometimes that that comes out or if they experience that or if they feel that and uh yeah yeah our eight-year-old definitely does she's she's reached an age where she can vocalize that and this book um as amazing as it is um kind of brought out all of that insecurity and that resentment in her so we've had a really interesting journey watching this book and, and realizing what a negative impact it has had on, on our daughter. Um, Just seeing how much attention her brother gets with this on top of, you know, her being raised in therapy waiting rooms and just Mm. knowing that to be life. And, you know, he requires so much more time and hands-on attention than she ever has. Um, so it's definitely, it's difficult um, trying to give them the time and the attention they need, especially when they can start very clearly saying, I don't like the book and I don't ever want you to publish another book again. Oof, that's, yeah, that's rough, but you totally relate to how she feels. And I, you know, so we try to to not talk book a lot at home, and we try not to, you know, overly celebrate, you know, exciting things that are happening surrounding the book because, yeah, it kind of stinks for her. She she doesn't see it as really cool and exciting because it's not about her. So right. that's definitely the role of a special ability sibling. Mm-hmm. Not easy in the parenting and it's not easy for them either mm-hmm. well hopefully your daughter i assume you know when as when she gets older she'll she'll be able to look back and and see the importance of the book and, and be able to appreciate it for that um yeah but yeah Someday you know I'm there's sure she will yeah yeah it's hard <laughs> I feel like I was just talking with somebody recently about, um, you know, like what's fair and what's not fair. And, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's part of it. It's like, well, this is the family that we're in. This is our family and we have to make certain accommodations and it just, it is what it is. It's not unfair. You know, there are, Mm -hmm. I mean, my, my daughters have a great life, you know, I mean, there is a, you know, one of them, you know, requires certain things and makes it difficult at times, but, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I think, um, you know, just we all, every family is different and has their own things and, 
you know it's kind of that that belonging inclusion thing you know like we just let's just celebrate every family as well for what they are and hopefully people can can come along on that ride I guess yeah we you know I was definitely raised to say you know we do things fair what you get you get and that Mm -hmm. just is it's kind of a disservice (laughs) really everybody is functioning in a typically functioning family and then when you're not you're not quite sure which way is up in relation to how do you allocate fairness so I've just learned from a lot of wise people before me that fair does not mean the same and what's fair to your brother isn't the same as what's fair to you because you're different people and God made you different and because of that we don't say fair because fair isn't doesn't mean the same Mm -hmm. so I think they're starting to get that like you know what's fair is that we treat you the way that you need to be treated and that we provide for you the accommodations that you need to be successful and to be happy um and that looks very different than how it looks for Rylan so but that's a that's an evolution too in just learning how to parent that way because it's so different from at least the way that I, you know, was raised to think yeah. of fairness. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was raised the same, the same way you were. So, um, you know, yeah, that is definitely a huge shift in the conversation and, uh, and in mm-hmm. parenting and, and it's hard. I would say that in my situation, you know, so much is centered around food because of Freya's disorder, pride of really syndrome is, mm-hmm. um, like she just, she will overeat she can't like the food thing is such a hard thing and for her she is often the one that feels like it's unfair because you know she can't necessarily have and but she also um has a harder time understanding I can't sit down and explain fairness to her in that same way that I could necessarily with her sister um I mean you know like there's I don't know. Yeah, it's <laughs> we get just get we get thrown into this. We'll just get rid of the word entirely. Yeah. Just throw it out of the dictionary. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> we'll make that our new goal. So, how can people find the book? They want to. Uh, our website is the best way to start. Um, the book is on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Uh, it's starting to it's starting to spread um, to other more national outlets as well slowly. But the website is just if I squeeze your head, I'm sorry. dot com. So on there you can sign up. We have a mighty network that you can join for free right now. And when you do that, you'll get a link to the curriculum guide for free. Um, we'll have that up through the end of the year as a free resource and then it will be for sale on our Amazon page uh, um, for the curriculum guide will be an e-download. So um, most of most of our info you can find on the website. We're on Instagram and Facebook. If I squeeze your head, I'm sorry, but you can just Google the book title on Amazon and get it today. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Was there anything that you wanted to make sure people knew about before we sign off here? No, I don't think so. Um, We list, you know, all of our interviews and all of our events. We're doing some 
school assemblies in the Western Michigan area. So if you're a Western Michigan listener, you can contact us to have us come to your school and talk. Ryland does an amazing job on the stage. He kind of owns the stage. Oh, nice. And he, he gets kids to talk about their own special abilities. It's a pretty special, special um, experience to have him come and speak at school. So we love doing that too. Yeah. Oh, are there YouTube videos of it by chance? For those um, of us not in Michigan? There are, trying to think if there's, I don't think I've put, it's like 27 minutes and I didn't want to, you know, succumb anybody to 27 minutes. <laughs> but we will, we will be um, editing the one that we did on his launch weekend at his own school because it was, it was pretty amazing what happened in that room. Um, so eventually there will be, but there's other fun YouTube stuff. He was interviewed by, um, Chris with special books by special kids is one of our favorites. And he, he just flies around the world interviewing people of all ages with different special abilities. And his interviews are priceless. Once you start watching, you will not be able to stop. Um, and he gets just millions of views when he puts videos out there. So he came and interviewed Rylan and that is one of my favorites is his interview with Rylan. The two of them made quite a sweet team. Aww. So you can find all that kind of stuff through our okay. YouTube channel as well. Okay. And that was, you said Chris with special books by special kids. Uh-huh. I have not. Yeah, if you haven't that. watched his stuff, I apologize in advance because you're not going to be able to stop <laughs> once you start. He has hundreds of these videos. Oh, sweet. Um, All right. And finds people with really unique um, conditions to talk to and befriend. And he, he speaks with nonverbal individuals. And it's just incredibly heartwarming, the work that he does. He actually wrote the foreword to the book. So he's oh, wow. a special guy to us. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, I will definitely check him out. Well, please tell Rylan I enjoyed speaking with him and I really appreciate that he came on to talk about his book. And I will. He's he playing wrote. Minecraft now. Yeah, good. <laughs> and Gwen, yeah. thank you so much. This has been very inspiring. Thank you. We appreciate, we appreciate you speaking with us.